Hello everyone. Hope everyone is well. If you need some good energy, whoop, 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 here you go. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. These have been some interesting days and we're almost in the month of May. So excited that you are here. Let's get into it. Let's chit chat. We all have pasts. We all made choices that maybe weren't the best ones. None of us are completely innocent, but we all get a fresh start every day to be a better person than we were yesterday. Let's talk about the Marshall Project. There's a Celebrities for Criminal Justice Reform and uh, Jay-Z is a part of it. Grammy winner uh, rapper Lecrae is part of it. Kim Kardashian, Meek Mill, John Legend. A few celebrities are involved in this and it's helping a lot of criminals that were actually innocent and spent the majority of their lives in jail, which is a sad thing to see. This particular case is about Melissa Lucio, and she is a mother of 14 children, and she has been on Texas Road since 2008 when she was convicted of the murder of her two-year-old daughter the prior year. But she and her family and attorney say she is innocent and was wrongfully convicted of capital murder. Uh, she was supposed to be com- uh, she was supposed to be executed on the twenty seventh, but I believe they did an appeal and they're gonna do another trial for her. Thank I mean, I hope she's innocent because she did fifteen years in jail on death row. And um, after she was convicted of capital murder, the death of a two year old daughter, um, her family still stand by her and they say that she's innocent and that no murder ever occurred. The little girl actually fell down the stairs. And she died, but, you know, she had, she was, you know, coerced by um, the the detectives that were involved in the case. You know, they intimidated her. And, you know, being that she's a victim of abuse uh, herself, she has PSTD. It's, they say that when you have that and you're being interrogated, it's like a thousand plus more than a usual a person that doesn't have it. So, yeah, so she was intimidated and she, you know, I could imagine they said that they had, somebody's going to go down for this murder and she was, you know, I guess she went into protective mode because, you know, she has other kids that she lived with and she wanted to make sure maybe she was protecting them, but she was like five, six hours in the inter- interrogation room. They gave her a doll. Let me tell you what it says here because it's so sad. The, um... The detective handed Melissa Lucio a plastic doll and asked her to spank it. Do it real hard, he said. Oh my God, every time I read that line. I kind of got chills from this. This sentence alone. And my heart like goes to my stomach because even though it's such a simple thing, it really isn't. It's like an impact. And it's like um, it's like a mind game 
you're playing with and and you know I spoke about this in my last episode about how people take advantage of people that have been in uh mentally abused and uh, has been in an abusive uh has an abusive background with you know like I said mental abuse and things like that so yeah something like this you say this to someone like Melissa that has been abused it's you know trying to reenact something that probably never happened or probably happened to her and it's just causing anxiety the room is small it's like the walls are closing in on her she was in there for five hours that night in February 2007 answering questions about the death of her two-year-old daughter Mariah Alvarez and she initially said that Mariah had fallen down a staircase outside the family's apartment but being that they and you know they lived in 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 Harling Harlingen, Texas, which is a small city near the Mexico uh, Mexican border, and um, but they claimed that the little girl had bite marks and bruises and other injuries, and the Texas Ranger and the and the detectives really zeroed in on on how Melissa um, was slumped over. She had a lack of eye contact. Um, they were like, "Oh yeah, she was the one. She did it right there and then." When I knew she did that. But, you know, a woman that's exhausted, exhausted in life, 14 kids, you know, you really can't go by her body language because at that point, she just lost her kid. It's There's a lot that goes into this. And that's what the psychiatrists are saying and the researchers, they're all saying that, you know, this is just... um. This is just what they do. Like they, they've done it before and this is how they zero in on the week. And they, you know, just to win the case or get a case together, they do this kind of manipulation and and you know, they make the person believe by the time they end the interrogation, the person believes they did it. Meanwhile, they, they didn't touch the kid at all. So yeah, it's a sad situation. Her family is, you know, behind her um she was supposed to be executed on april 27th and because they they had an appeal on it and um the marshall project is behind her you know supporting her all the way and you know it's it's really sad but i wanted to find out because i know they found out that the girl the little girl had something so i'm gonna look into that i'll i'll, I'll say it in the next segment but yeah they said that the little girl she actually uh suffered from something so i'm gonna look that in i'm gonna look into that and, and i'll be right back so mariah um didn't have a sickness i think i think it was that uh, she fell down the 14 flight stairs i believe it was she was two years old, for God's sake, you know, and she fell down the stairs and I guess they didn't take her to the hospital. And two days later, that's when she died. She was probably hemorrhaging. Who knows? Um, but then there's a daughter that came out and said that her mom was abusive to the child uh, because they in the autopsy, they did find bite marks and bruises. And her daughter is coming out and saying that, yeah, her mom did abuse her. You know, she didn't abuse all the children but she did abuse that little girl and um wow so they're saving her from death row um i don't know if you know um she seems very sincere the daughter on tiktok she's writing my mom's sister said that she would get a lesser sentence if we said we abuse my sister so she wants the kids to 
say that they abused the sister. Uh, so who told you to say all that? The lawyer or the person that was doing the documentary? Told us to say what? The, what that part? we abused or that we followed Mariah. Family? My mom's sisters? My mom's sister said that so that she would get a lesser sentence if we said we abused my sister. And it's funny because, like, I remember when, like, all this happened, it was always, we need to save, matter. we need to save Melissa. We need to, we need to help Mel. You know, we mm -hmm. need to save her. It was never like, we need the truth out. We need, we need to let everybody know the truth. It was never that. Before the documentary even existed, it was always those words. We need to, we need to save Mel. If anything else, they got in trouble that you wanted to save my mom. Yeah, whether it meant blaming us or saying we hit, abused, or did anything, it was just, we have to save her. Did you ever see your mom hit your sister? I seen her do something that wasn't in a documentary. Wow, that's crazy, son. So she doesn't want her mom to be killed, but she says that her mom is guilty of abusing her sister. So this is a weird case, guys. I really, um, I don't even know. Like, and then, you know, her mom used to be on drugs and things like that. So she's been through a lot. She's been abused since she was six years old. So, you know, this is what I say, you know, and then she had 14 kids. After that, it's really a sad situation. I don't even know what to think of it, but um, she has been on death row for 14 years. And I'm going to be honest with you, I mean, a life is a life, but I've seen a lot of people come out of death row uh, for doing like almost the same crime, but only doing like seven years. You know what I mean? So this is why... I don't know what to think of this because it's it's weird how in some states it's different. You know, they want to kill the person and in some states they want to, you know, they want the person to do their time and it's only like seven years. So these cases are weird and um, they're helping them. They're behind her. Uh, the Marshall Project is behind this woman because they're saying she was abused and she deserves to be released um, from this crime. And then you have her daughters saying, no, she abused us. And then she says that the son that is actually um, supporting his mom, they weren't living with her at the time. Because some of the kids were taken away from her. Uh, she was on drugs and things like that. And they would take them away from her. And, and she, you know, she was struggling. She was a struggling mom. They don't want her ex executed. You know, if they would have said she's in death row, she's in jail, they probably wouldn't have come forward. You know, but they say that it was an accident, that the little girl fell down the stairs um, and she two days later died. So they're not like she she admitted to hitting her kid. Um, and this daughter's saying that's what led to the kid falling down the stairs, you know, her hitting her and stuff. Um, you don't even know what to believe in this kind of situation. It's just a sad story. And I, I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen. Is she going to? Are they going to execute her? Um, but in a psychiatric um, point of view, there are people out there that are manipulated because of their mental abuse. And that's what I, that's what I wanted to point out in the story.
a lot of the forensic experts they're like so interested in this case in psychiatric uh, and the psychiatric um professionals because it may demonstrate a phenomenon that there's they're just starting to understand like survivors of trauma they believe us especially prone to taking the blame for tragedies they have nothing to do with it's true like i'm not gonna i mean i hate to put myself into the situation but i'm always like i'm sorry you know <laughs> You take blame for stuff that you didn't even do and you're like saying sorry for it. It's crazy. In this episode, I am going to give you a part of myself that I um that I that I have written on in my lcnnewyork.com blog. And it's called Be You Not Them LC Hernandez. And I like it because I wrote it and it's the stuff that I am, the way I speak and I'm speaking through my words in my summary and a few things that I have on there. So let's see. Let me tell you right now. The most fabulous feeling in the world is being yourself. I don't know about you, but as a mom, this is the first thing I teach Sky to always be yourself. I show her how powerful it is not to be afraid of being exactly who you are. I have to say she definitely has proven with her personality that she loves being herself. The minute we stop allowing our children to express themselves is when they start to miss the thing that makes them awesome. Then start to face the challenges of trying to fit into our society's mold. I decided to write this story because just recently I came across a conversation about my decision and why I chose not to do what everybody else does. Yes, adults still run into the peer pressures and sometimes feel like we have to justify ourselves to others. Being the way that I am, I've learned that in order to grow, you just need to be you, something that we tend to lose as adults. We get caught up on what other people think and forget that we are the important ones. Forget about other people's thoughts on how you should be. You always need to remember that people aren't you and you aren't them. Same way you support others, they may not support you. Funny that I came across this article, 16 things you shouldn't have to justify to anyone else. And I really enjoyed writing this article and it's so it's so insightful, so um fun to read. And I love reading sometimes going back to some of my work. You guys can check it out. It's on lcinnewyork.com. And you can check out the 16 things that you shouldn't justify to anyone else. And it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool article. I'm going to repost it because I love it. It's a six-minute read. I really enjoyed it. So be you, not them. I heard somewhere, and I think it was in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, that they did some journaling together. And I couldn't help saying, hmm, that sounds interesting. And I love it. You know, I love to write. So, well, not for this couple. They kind of overdid it with their words, if you ask me. But I think it's a great idea to do couple journaling. You know, it opens up the communication and... It really empowers the couples and, you know, you get to record your positive experiences and thoughts, how they how they transcend, you know, to the negative ones and possibly becoming aware of things that you did that you might not have known that you did. 
And in the journal, you know, by reading it, it makes it like a little softer coming in. You know what I mean? So ultimately, journaling can help couples view the negative experiences as obstacles to overcome together in order to harness greater strength and security. I am all for it, guys. And I found this, I found 10 tips online uh, for journaling together. And, you know, a few suggestions out there. I'm just going to give you, well, it says 10, so I'm going to give you all 10, but I'm not going to talk about them too much because we're not trying to take up the whole episode with this. (laughs) Well, writing letters to each other. Oh, that's so sweet. You don't even have to journal. If you don't want to do journaling, writing letters to each other. Oh, my God. Romance letters. That is the sweetest. Even though you live in the same household, it's still so sweet. I once... Once with my ex, oh, my daughter's father, I um, I took a bunch of pictures and I put them in different areas in his clothing when he went uh, away on a business trip. And I don't even think it was a business trip. I think it was some trip he took with some guys. And um, yeah, and I put it on. He was kind of upset, though. I couldn't believe it. He was upset that one of the pictures fell out. He goes, you know, people saw that picture. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Um, keep a daily record, you know, make note of the best things you ever, you know, even the tough things that you're facing in your everyday life. You may be surprised to see how closely you agree or how differently you see things. Give a compliment. You know, everybody likes to hear that they're beautiful, you know, every day. Yes, of course. Create a bucket list. Like if you guys are planning on traveling, you know, places you want to go someday because you just, you know, ran across... You ran across an ad and you say, oh, my God, this I want to go there with you. You know, you can put that in your journal. Um, number five, answer one question each day. Like if you, you all have a question for each other, take turns coming up with questions for each other. Uh, it could be simple. It could be complicated. It could be a, just a topic of interest. Share something you enjoyed, like if you read a book or you listen to a podcast or conversation, something hilarious, write it down and put it in your journal. Oh, that's exciting. Challenge each other to try something new. So you create challenges for each other, like learning to cook a new dish or try out a yoga class or visit that new escape room in your neighborhood. This is a great way to get out of the dinner and a movie rut and to continue learning things as a couple. Share stories from the past, revealing past experiences. In writing can be very powerful. Uh, recalling a story from childhood, for example, like I'm always doing. <laughs> um, try a Mad Libs format. Um, write a few sentences down, leaving blank spaces in each one for your partner to complete. You will be intrigued to see the answers he comes up with, he or she comes up with. And number 10, tell your partner what inspires you. Search for quotes, stories, or images that you love and tell your partner why they mean so much to you. These cherished ideas are often pushed aside in the rush of everyday life, yet they say so much about who you are. Sharing them in your couple's journal will help you find ways to stay close to one another as time goes by. And it will improve the communication in your marriage. So I think this is a great idea, guys. I am all for it. 
I love writing, but I think this is so romantic on top of that. So I really, really, really encourage you guys to go out there with your mate. Even if you've been together 50 years, you know, start something new. It's always good to spark up that relationship. I think it's beautiful. And I hope you guys loved it. I'm going to tell you a story about a princess, Princess Diana. You know, when she passed away, I believe it was, I think it was the day after my birthday. No, she actually died on my birthday. Oh, God. How could I forget? And I'll never forget, I went out for a drink and it was like all over the news and it wasn't really such a happy moment. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm laughing, but it wasn't really a happy moment. I mean, the paparazzi was ridiculous. She got into the accident and then she passed away. So sad. So sad. Um, but even after 24 years, and it's hard to believe that it was 24 years ago. After her death, uh, 24 years ago, Princess Diana's voice is still resounding worldwide. Um, soon after Princess Diana's fairy tale wedding and her divorce with Prince Charles, that she found her, she found herself entangled in a web. And I believe it was in 1992 that she couldn't take it anymore, and she decided to, you know, call it quits. This guy was, you know, he broke her heart. He was, you know, he admitted to her. Finally, he admitted to her that he was in love with. He was in love with. Love with another woman, Camila, and you know she decided to. Let go of all her secrets and released a book exposing everything. She was a beautiful princess in the world, and her life was tragically ripped away from her, and that was not fair. But it happened, and uh, so she found herself after she uh, divorced him, which is very rare in, in the kingdom. <laughs> she found herself entangled in the web of tabloid lies and public scrutiny, and I got this from the uh, Reader's Digest, um, this information. And she wanted to clarify her side of the story. So that's why she spilled the details on a series of audio tapes in May 1991. And after intrusing the information to her close friend, Dr. James Coathurst, she had him proceed to hand deliver the package by bike. <laughs> he bike rode um, to the Kensington Palace in the United Kingdom to a journalist named Andrew Morton. And, you know, the journalists went running because they love that stuff. Well, me, myself, you give me a story, I'm going to write it as well. Um, Morton then took the tapes to the cafe where he listened to Diana finally elucidating her darkest secrets about the Camila scandal. She also spoke about her ongoing battle with bulimia and even her developing thoughts of suicide wow you know that's sad because even um now um megan that was in that how in that in that kingdom was thinking these same things so weird diana's closest confidants worked with morton throughout the book's production her participation in the novel was initially kept a secret but Morton decided to tell the public after her unexpected overpass death in 1997. Hmm. That's a little suspect now. Uh, the bombshells 
biography was Diana, her true story in her own words. Based on the tapes, was finally published in 1992. Diana wrote to Coathurst six months before the book was published to relay her anxiety of the public frenzy that the release would entail and ultimately relief that her voice would be heard. The life of Princess was assumed by the mass public to be a royal fairy tale. Yeah, you know, she's living in a palace. She's wearing all these beautiful gowns and she's by the queen and all this other stuff. And she's considered a princess. But people don't know that, you know, everyone is a human and there's no exception. You know, either you're going to have a good life or you're going to have a, a, a struggle or you're going to have, you know, we all have challenges. It's not going to be, you know, candy, you know, every day, you know, in her, check this out. So in her... In her memoirs, she famously calls Camila Parker Bowles the third person in her marriage. Even more su surprisingly, Prince Charles didn't try to suppress his blatant affections for Camila throughout their marriage. Check out some of the most inspiring Princess Diana quotes. So she has a few quotes. You know, he's a creep. Uh, let, let's be honest. You know, Diana and Camila were initially friends and... You know, and, and then repeating incidents continue to feed Diana's suspicions about a potentially clandestine romance. Clan Charles and Camila supposedly had nicknames for each other, Fred and Gladys. Two weeks before he married Diana, Charles had gifted a personalized bracelet to Camila, a blue disc with G and F on it. He was also seen wearing gold cufflinks engraved with interwoven seeds to a formal dinner. His clear affections for Camila understandably stirred skepticism and jealousy for Diana, and she even told her sisters she couldn't go through with the wedding. To that, they told her she had no choice. Wow. Wow. This pisses me off. <laughs> this pisses me off. According to her personal account, Diana reports she once overheard Charles talking to Camila on the phone while he was in the bath. After hearing him tell her, whatever happens, I will always love you. Diana confronted Charles about the relationship. His response, wait, his response, the two had a filthy role. As if not heartbreaking enough, the princess also revealed that she witnessed a photograph of Camila falling out of Charles' diary. <gasps> According to Diana, the stress induced by their failing marriage is what instigated her eating disorder, which she said began after they got engaged. According to the book, Diana reports, my husband put his hand on my waistline and said, oh, a bit chubby here, aren't we? And that triggered off something in me. Oh my God, you know, I can relate to that. Jesus Christ, that is so mentally abusive. It wasn't until 1994 that Prince Charles admitted to his adultery with Camilla, Camilla for the first time. Princess Diana famously stated, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. The two, the two royals filed for divorce in 1996. Diana died a year later. She was sad and depressed, man. This, this man's piece of crap. The couple's stark age difference and Diana's crumbling mental state are said to have been the primary culprits of the failed marriage in conjunction with Diana's reluctance to take prescribed medication and keep up with therapy. Yeah, she was depressed. You know, it's either it's either or, you know. You have the man depressing you or you have the woman depressing you. There's two sides. 
You know what I mean? Mental mental abuse is real, man. It's so real. I get so mad when I hear these things. Charles later issued a statement shortly following Diana's death that he had no intention of remarrying, but proceeded to wear Camila in 2005. You know why? This is why nobody wants that lady to be... The, the queen, the queen is, she must be deliveries because this is why people don't want that Camila to be part of the kingdom. But every scandal will inevitably leave behind a cookie crumb trail of clues and closer inspection indicates that their union was doomed for catastrophe from the get-go. One interaction seems to say it all in a foreboding clip that people uncovered. Prince Charles and Princess Diana are seen talking to a reporter during the announcement of their engagement in 1981. In response to the reporter's inquiry of their being in love, Princess Diana firmly responds, of course. Oh my God. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and Princess Charles replies with a dry chuckle and an ambiguous, whatever in love means. Creep. Ooh, it was mean. Oh God. Who says that? So they asked him if he loved Diana, and he says, whatever in love means. And she said, of course. You know, like, they both hated each other. She already hated him. She saw his true colors from the beginning. And he was such a creep. That's why I'm glad she wrote that book. I'm glad she revealed it all. Because, you know, not for nothing, she kind of did him a favor, though, because the book was out there, the secrets were out, and then he didn't have to say anything. You know what I mean? Like, mm. So sometimes you have to let them find out. But, you know, she was a beloved person, um, beautiful person. You know, Princess Diana is exactly how it flows. Princess Diana, you know what I mean? She, is, she was such a warm-hearted person, very genuine, very giving. And, you know, I can see her son being the same way. And it's a beautiful thing, you know, like he really... You know, he, mar he married Meghan Markle. He left the freaking kingdom. He said, freak this. I'm not, I'm not going to put my wife through this. She was going through, um, she was going through a, a, a same kind of um, thing, like depression and, you know, not wanting to be there and being outside it and stuff. No, 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 no. He is not going to do that. And he loves that girl. He's a perfect example of a man loving a woman and doing by, you know, being, doing right by his, by her side. So, Yeah. So, so, mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I am, you know, Princess Diana, let her rest in peace. But Charles, <clears throat> and now he's going to be a king, it says here, and he's going to want that mistress that he had by his side. Let me look at this lady. So mad about her. 11 reasons British citizens don't want Princess Charles to be king. Look at that. They don't want him to be the king. Yep, they don't want him to be king. And, you know, they favor Prince William and Duchess Kate more than him. Of course they're not going to favor him. What he did to Princess Diana? Uh-uh. Hell to the no. Princess Diana once said that she wanted to be the queen of people's hearts. And that very much proved to be the case. It's also a big reason Many people don't like her ex. They still haven't forgiven him for the bad things he did to Diana during their ill-fated marriage. Prince Charles publicly admitted that he, he started 
having an affair with Camila Parker Bowles in 1986 while he was still married to Princess Diana. He also treated Princess Diana poorly on a number of occasions. The public who is still protective of Diana seems to be unwilling to move past Charles' past offense. I'll be honest with you, you know, you're going to have an affair. They don't even want Camila to be queen. So everybody's like, nope, nope, we don't want her, so we don't want you. And, um... So we're going to see what happens because this is, you know, the, 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 the queen is becoming old and that's his mom. So, yeah, so that's the story of Princess Diana. Not everything's always a fairy tale. And it's sad that she went through that. You know, she died. Uh, but she was in love. Uh, apparently, she was in love with someone um, because after she divorced him, she had a few boyfriends. She wasn't playing. She was like, you know, I want to find myself another boyfriend. And I think the guy's, um, I don't have the guy's name, but I think he... She loved him so much that she 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 didn't have a problem moving to India with him. You know, that's how far she went with loving this guy. So, yeah, um, that's the story. Let's talk about passive aggressive writing in the professional world. Um, there's one that I despise and I never use because I am not. Um, I try not to be like that. So the one that I'm talking about is... It has come to my attention. I just recently saw somebody in a Facebook group write that. It has come to my attention. That was the administrator in the, in the, in the group. And I was like, oh God. And to me, that just means... Somebody just told me... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... That's what it means. And it's kind of snotty. I don't know. I, I don't I don't uh, appreciate when somebody goes, it has come to my attention, you know, because it, it means somebody's gossiping in the office or wherever it's at. And it's basically that's the start of that conversation. But I looked into it and I saw a few others um, and they also had interpretations, which was pretty cool to see. So I, I'm going to tell you guys a few of them. Not all of them, because some of them, you know, they're just basic. Um, I got it from showpo.com. And it's uh, Entertainment Korea. And it's 43 passive-aggressive email phrases. Of course, I'm not going to read all 43. I'm just going to read the good ones. You know, and then it says here, it has a little summary. It says, when you spend 40-plus hours a week at the office, people are bound to get on your nerves. But even when your colleagues are driving you crazy, you have to stay professional. Why is why every office worker ever have thrown shade via email? These passive-aggressive email phrases are perfectly petty. They're polite and get the point across. We're not saying they're right, but they usually work. Chances are you've used or received a bunch of these clapbacks. Here's what they really mean. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like fighting words in the professional world. Um... This one is, uh, as per my last email, <laughs> it says the interpretation, you idiot. I already answered that question the last time we, we emailed. Can't you read? <laughs> um, the next one is, uh, should you need further clarification, please don't hesitate to contact me. I'm not sure why you're having such a hard time grasping this concept, but please feel free to pester me to explain it again. That was the interpretation. <laughs> This is a, another one. I use this one, though, but I don't know if the interpretation matches mine. Uh, sorry to bother you again. And then the interpretation. I'm really not sorry. Do your job. 
<laughs> oh my god oh i use this but the interpretation that they have is <laughs> i put kind regards and then their interpretation is i didn't know it was possible to dislike someone this much that's not true i don't like that because of that oh my god this one yes i'm ccing my colleague you know uh that's when you put that is because you need backup you need a witness you know you need them to see that they need to see what you're doing because it's gonna eventually probably come back to you so you have to cc and when you cc your boss and then they have interpretation this is war yeah it is <laughs> yeah it is when you cc your boss yep it sounds like that is war you have to make sure that you got your, you know you you're crossing your uh your t's um and dotting your eyes because you know, it's going to come back. You know it's going to come back. That, when you see seeing your boss, you know it's going to come back to you. You know for sure. So that's why you have to uh, uh, make sure you cover your bases. And then this one, I, I don't ever seen this one before. How can we avoid this in the future? Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't even have to have an interpretation for that. That's like, that's like straight up snotty. <laughs> Oh, this was a this was a popular one. Let me know if you need any assistance with this. And then in their interpretation is please don't under any circumstance ask for my help. <laughs> oh my god. Um awaiting your reply and then the, the interpretation. I needed to answer document info yesterday, so hurry up. I usually call them. I, I don't like write everything. Sometimes I, I'll call them and say, Listen, I need the stuff. I'm gonna I'm going to uh email you, but I need the stuff, you know. I don't I, I'm very courteous. I don't know. And then this is snotty. Any updates on this? This is very popular. <laughs> and and their interpretation is, what is taking so long? I sent that email four days ago. Yep. That's popular. Any updates? That's, that is passive aggressive. So hilarious. I just found it to be so interesting when you're looking at emails and when people say certain things. Because the truth is, you know, we're at work, but at the same time, you know, some of us sometimes we slack and it's the truth so we gotta like keep on top of things because a part of our job is you know keeping it together so yeah i found this to be very interesting hilarious sometimes like when somebody sends me that email i'm like oh here we go <laughs> i hope you guys found it informative <laughs>Well, guys, thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And please, if you're interested in coming on my show, DM me on my Instagram, chitchat with E, so we can chit chat. Ciao, till next time.